With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. It is Tuesday night, which means it is time for our Anvil show. <laughs> but this show is going to be packed with frustration and a lot of other things. Uh, the game Sunday was one to absolutely remember. It's actually making headway in the entire NFL. And refs, it's time to be held freaking accountable. But before all that, Sammy, start me up. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast. And Bill Show. The sickest Indianapolis Colts podcast. It's going to be sick. Sick, sick. Welcome to your sickest Indianapolis Colts podcast. Let's begin with our sponsors. Let's get a word from them. There we go. DraftKings, you know the deal. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Use DraftKings code 6Sports to get $200 in bonus bets. Instantly, when you bet just five on any NFL bet, again, that's DraftKings, our sponsor. Thank you for that, Sammy. Go ahead and bring that other guy in. The sickly sick. You look like hammered shit. And with that. I feel like run over dog shit. Oh, wait. We banging that bitch. We're officially into the sick podcast Anvil Show. Again, please like, subscribe, follow on all of our socials. That's the X. That's Facebook, of course. Twitter, and last but not least, the most important one: you, you, YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the bell for notifications. Grow those numbers. Supports your boys. Now, hold on. I got something to add to that. You don't get to add shit. I, no, I get to add today. I do. What? Thank you. Get it out of the way. If you don't hit that subscribe button, that means you agree with the referees from last week. Just saying. Okay. Pat is. Just saying. (laughs) Pat will be super passionate. Uh, I had to talk him off a ledge. Um, Eight fucking ledges. (laughs) If you've seen our instant after game post both him and country looked like they had smashed beers across their head they were cherry red angry sweating a hot damn mess it's tough being an indianapolis colts fan we have known that since we began this damn journey (laughs) and sunday 
was not an easy day at all. You want to talk about a game with highs, lows, and all everything. The, the only game, and I'm probably going to like speak way too freely here, so I'm sure there's tons of other games to pick, for, pick from. But the only other game I can remember with this much crazy shit, but the outcome was different, was when we were getting smashed by Kansas City in the playoffs in 2014, I believe, 2014 or 15. Yeah, something like that. Crazy yeah. comeback. Yeah, that crazy comeback, and we won by one point, 45-44. But on Sunday, we had that type of game back and forth, all kind of wildness, and we lost by a single point. So to start this off. We didn't lose. Okay, well. The refs won. Okay, well. There's two ways to take this. We can turn this into a bitch and gripe session, just like every other podcast has done since Sunday. Or we can talk about it in a more <laughs> mindful way. Now, I know this is probably going to veer over to the dark side because Pat has been on a tear. But before we get into individual plays and how the game you know, turned out based on those plays, let's talk about how we shot ourselves in the foot. What, so, with another four turnovers from yeah. Minshew again? Gardner Minshew was responsible for four turnovers to include the last play of the game where he was just doing whatever and whatever. I don't know. But two fumbles, right, and two interceptions. Okay, listen, man. We talked about pocket presence, and even though AR is a rookie, we talked about how he was already much better at feeling pressure and getting away or because he had only had one forced fumble um, from somebody hitting his hand. But Garner seems to like wait and wait and wait, and you can feel it. And like when these things happen, were ridiculous. Like we gave up a freaking touchdown in our end zone. I didn't even understand that play calling. I'm not going to go down that road with why Shane called plays when he called them. But I'm just like, I don't understand that series and that turned into a fumble slash touchdown recovery that gave them a lead going into halftime. Like, the second quarter was crazy. You have, like, 20 points in the second quarter. It was out of control. And they didn't really deserve any of those points. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, two weeks in a row, we put ourselves in, in crazy deficits. But let's start with Gardner. Let's talk about his turnovers and, and how you feel about that. Go, Pat, go. I don't like it. Don't want to talk about it. Okay, well. He, he was brought here to be a backup because, you know, he's got – this hell of a hell of a reputation of protecting the ball. Okay. You know, his, his reputation isn't he's the greatest quarterback in the world. His reputation is he protects the ball. He moves it down the field, mm -hmm. you know, pretty accurate thrower. He's not got the strongest arm in, in the league or anything like that, but his biggest part of his game is protecting the ball. And he has not done that last two games, <sighs> man. What? Wow. Like, it's been crazy. Not, okay, look, if you go back and and watch the highlights, not only is he not protecting the ball, but he's putting his receivers in jeopardy because he, he's throwing them high. And when those receivers are jumping, they're stretched out like that, and they get hit, my God, you talk about injuries coming. Yeah, okay. I mean, eight, what is it, eight turnovers in two weeks? Two. <laughs> and we were praising him for all the things you just said. Like he had, uh, he was amazing in not turning the ball over. His his uh, TD to INT ratio was crazy over all the games he played. All these things, and 
man, I don't know what it is, but like I said last week, when you can scout and scheme for him, it's different than him just coming in, you know, to relieve somebody because they're injured. Like we get to plan for you. And though he showed a couple things, he was a little mobile, right? He, he made a couple moves, scored a touchdown. You know, people were like, oh, look, he's got that AR quality. Stop it. But he did <laughs> enough. Definitely stop it. Yeah, he, he did enough. A, a, ARs, a, I'm telling you right now, AR is on an island by himself. All by himself. Don't compare him to Hurts. Don't compare him to Cam. Don't compare him, you know, to Mike Vick. He is on an island by himself. And I, you'll I definitely agree. see that. Once he gets back on the field next year, I hope so. so Man, I'm t- this kid is special. I, I I agree wholeheartedly. But as we as we break down Gardner's play, Gardner, and it's so weird, man, because he does have that short term memory that you want quarterbacks to have. Because he'll do some bonehead shit, and then the the gut feeling in your stomach is like, oh my god, the, we're about to have a long damn day in Pat McAfee voice. But then. Two drives back to back, he looks amazing again. He's like, bro, what is going on? Like, <laughs> like I don't understand what we're doing. I mean, the defense is putting. I mean, you want to talk about our defense? Our defense. When I say we're not catching breaks this year, like Defoe, we thought was an interception. Ball hit the ground. Kenny Moe, we thought was an interception. Ball hits the ground. Uh, Juju Brinch charges a, a shallow ball thrown, ends up hurting his leg trying to get to it, doesn't catch the ball, and he's injured. Like crazy shit like that. DJ Speed with that strip sack that was called. We didn't. We didn't get there yet, man. Uh, <laughs> well, hurry up, damn it! I got some Bruh. shit to say. <laughs> we didn't get there. yet. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. But as you can see, I'm telling you, this man has been fired up on edge. I mean, like the cliffhanger, ready to talk about this. Now, okay, Gardner, here's the deal. The Saints are coming in town. They're coming off a tough loss against the Jags. We need a win. Get us back to 500. We really just need to regroup. We see a passion in this team. With all of the bad stuff, there's so much good. We're still the only team to score 20 points in every game. Um, we're scoring 30 points against the better defenses in the league. We're doing all this crazy stuff, and our record is three and four. We only won four games last year. Shane Steichen has proven that he is a coach with a mission, with a plan. He seems to be like the guy. He's super passionate. I thought that he might have fought a referee towards the end of the game. He was losing his damn mind. Yeah, I wish and- he would have. If, if, if that would happen, I guarantee you, you ain't just clearing the benches. You're clearing the stands. Okay. Well, slow down, killer. Mm. But Gardner Minshew, the PSA is going to say this. Listen, Bo, I don't know what you got to do, but you got to take more time in the prep room. You got to take more time uh, with your with your players and talking to your your line, like bro, you have to have an internal clock. I mean, you played in the air raid system where you throw the ball 
a lot, but you also know you don't have all this time. And Bl- Blake Freeland had some Olays. Braden Smith, I don't know, a wrist and an ankle, bro. Get your life because Blake Freeland is not ready yet. Okay, he looks, he looks, it, he looks like he's not ready yet. He's ready, but not for people like Miles Garrett. Yeah, well, who is right? <laughs> yeah, I did. and we talked about me. We talked about keys to victory. What find ninety five, chip ninety five. Well, that was the was, biggest. That was about the only key we really talked about was ninety five. Ninety five went ape shit. Okay, two forced fumbles, a field goal block. That we'll talk about. This shouldn't have been a legit thing. I have too many tackles key. for loss. I have another key for Thursday. Okay. Well, here's the other thing too. Last but not least, on that, um, we talked about Gardner. Here's what I'm 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 realizing I might not like. <laughs> Us Coast fans, we have to be realists, right? I am now seeing Jonathan Taylor move like he moved before, and what I'm not okay with is how we are utilizing both backs. What I'm saying is there's a clear one and there's a clear two. It's always been clear. Well, Zach Moss, I need you to be in spell duty. I'm not, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with like, okay, this is your whole series, Zach Moss. Do your thing for this whole series. And then next series, John Taylor, this is your whole series. No, we have a number one back and he was coming off a touchdown and some other, other stuff. And then we come back onto the field with a, Chance to go up more points in this Zach Moss's drive. What the fuck are we doing? I'm not. I'm not okay with that. I'm not okay. Yeah, coach. Coach kind of changed his strategy about the hot hand. Yeah, I don't know if I like but, that. on that. Yeah, it, maybe he he thinks Jonathan needs a few more reps before no. he goes back. I don't know. Well, JT had a total of 120 yards, 75 on the ground. His first touchdown of the season. I think uh, Zach had around 50-ish. Don't quote me on his touches. But the moral of the story is before JT was hurt and we still had Naheem, Naheem every now and then would get his own series, but Naheem was a spellback, right? Yeah. Or or no kidding, we're gonna, we got a package right now, i.e. we've seen the Wildcat a couple different times. That's way different with JT running it versus Naheem running it. So Zach is the other guy now. But what I'm saying is I think that we need to get Zach back into the number two role because when his change of pace comes into the game, it will be, in my opinion, way more effective. Right now it's not all that effective in these last couple weeks because it's like, okay, we gave JT a shot, run game ain't working. Okay, we're giving Zach a shot, run game ain't working. So neither one of them are really effective. At the moment, when we, but when JT gets hot and he has that shimmy and he's going and he's feeling good, keep that shit going. And then when you pick Zach in, even though he's more of a bruiser, he had a little nimbleness to himself as well. He so does. it's just a good offset. But I don't like him coming out and having his own series like that. That that takes away from the flow of what we're paying forty two million dollars for. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So that was a, a complaint that I was having with ourselves so my complaints with ourselves are the turnovers from Gardner eight in the last two weeks on not understanding some of the play the play calls and when they happen and then the utilization of JT and Zach now that JT is getting more into the fold those are my complaints with the actual how we shot ourselves in the foot complaints oh and last but not least holy shit how can I damn damn forget about this Gus damn Bradley 
Hear me out. (laughs) Hear me out. Two weeks in a row now. Two weeks in a row. You have decided out of the the clear blue sky. Oh, you know what? I'm going to start putting some pressure on said quarterbacks. And soon as you did that, the defense has changed both times. So my question, Gus Bradley, why in the hell do we start soft? And let's talk about the last drive in which they scored. It's third and long, long. And you allow Baker to play off 10 yards and he throws P.J. Walker throws into the perfect spot. Stop betting on the odds. Just play the damn game. Pressure the guys. Make the quarterback work for what he wants. Like, our defense is too lax, and then all of a sudden we'll decide to blitz and we'll turn it on, and then it looks like we can do this all day. Like, why is that not the philosophy? I don't understand. Play mediocre defense to start the game, mid-game, all of a sudden, okay, let's start blitzing. Let's change up the pace. Let's pressure up a little bit. Let's do this. And then the defense looks great for three or four series in a row. But then game's on the line. You go back to the soft shit, and they beat us for a big ball. Well, Omaha. Omaha! And then the shit just. A big what? Nothing. But anyway. (laughs) Last but not least, Gus Bradley, figure out, is this going to be an aggressive attacking style defense or is it going to be a come up and make tackles defense? Because it's not making sense. And I feel like that needs to be addressed. Like, I don't give a shit about what you want to play just because that's how you're comfortable doing it. Change the shit up. You got young, you got young rookies in the DB. I get it. But you know what? This is the time to learn. Why? Because our starting quarterback ain't here anyway. This ain't Super Bowl year. Even better to stay the pressure on that front seven because of the young DBs. Facts. Facts. Yeah, I mean it, it's it's common knowledge, you know. Facts that you put pressure on the QB, you throw him off his rhythm, you throw him off his timing. Yeah. The ball is not going to go, and that's going to help the DBs, especially Trevor. this young. But Trevor now, Lawrence looked completely different in the second half. Once we started putting getting after him, PJ Walker looked like super vanilla all game, really, into the last drive. You know, Deshaun Watson got hurt in the first quarter, so can't really talk about him. But I'm saying, like, we are beating ourselves with just like waiting to do that. So we're getting points put up against us and all this shit. And then we're playing catch up. And bro, for what? Just come out and play like that. Just come out and play like I know who's standing on the other side of me. But I'm not just going to give them gap yards all game and then hope to get to a third down and hope to get off the field. Like, that's stupid. Shit. Okay. Oh, and and this too. And you know what? I'm surprised no media personnel has asked Bradley about that. Yeah. Not that I've seen anyway. I don't know, man. Maybe they're having them conversations behind closed. Here's another thing, too, before we get into the place, because we, we're not going over tonight. Holy shit, man. I am fired up. We oh, we're, miss we're Grover. We miss Grover. Yeah. Bro, TJ, what the what the man name? TJ Ford? Somebody Ford. 65-yard scamper on an opening drive. What the F is going on, B? Yep. What uh, is going on? Who was it? Johnson. Johnson was in there. Bruh, I don't care who the hell was in there. 65-yard scamper from him. I'm going to just call him him. No disrespect. He's a professional football player. So be it. It's not Nick Chubb. Shit, it wouldn't even damn. It wouldn't even hunt. It was him. Okay. Yep. 
That happened. All right. We're almost at minute 20. Now let's jump into We Hate Everybody. <laughs> we don't Starring hate everybody. Starring Patrick Dorfline and his I Hate Deserves <coughs> campaign. And well, here we go. I'll give the Browns fans all the credit in the world except for one guy. Every Brown fan that I talked to leaving that game flat agreed that that game was stolen and given to him. Except for one guy. And of course, there's always one. Yeah, he didn't he didn't want to hear what I had to say because and he exited stage right real quick, which I'm glad because I I was hot enough to fight, and that's not me. Out of the fist grease, huh? <laughs> oh man. So total oh, <clears throat> totally give respect to the Browns fans. You know, and I know they've they've had a couple uh bad showings at home and this and that, but the ones that I've dealt with at the game Sunday, um, they were real respectful. They definitely called a spade a spade. You know what I mean? They seen it. Everybody seen it. So I give them total respects. Now, when it comes to the refs, let's go with JSP first. Let's go. Okay. Third and goal. Whatever it was, not third and goal. It was third and something. They they wouldn't in goal yet. It was yeah. third and something. Gus <coughs> dialed up the blitz. Here comes EJ Speed off the edge. PJ Walker is is is, is pedaling backwards, about to let it go off the back foot. What you need to see in split screen at the top, Baker and Cooper are about to engage. Where, as you said, <laughs> Cooper breaks Baker's ankles and then puts his arm on Baker to extend himself. Baker then does like a basically oh shit moment. There is a little bit of contact where he's trying to like remain in the play. But meanwhile the ball is being recovered by the Forge Buckner. Yep. And it's a bang bang play but the illegal contact is dead once the it's a fumble. Period. Well. And the fumble is happening before the illegal contact. Now, now, somebody smarter than me is going to have to research because I've spent two days trying to find that rule where when the ball is dead or uncatchable, the only thing that I found, it's pass interference, is not callable. Yeah, not, but not um, illegal contact. The illegal contact. Yeah. But even still, like they're. What what I'm saying is, if if that happens, the ball's tipped, or so two things before the illegal contact. So to be illegal contact, the quarterback still has to be in the pocket. Number one, and the player has to, as they say, significantly. So the defensive player has to significantly. Damn, I can't talk significantly. I guess throw the offensive player off of their route yep. for illegal contact. However, comma, but if you're being sacked, fumbled before any of that, who gives a shit? So if you watch the play in bang bang speed, buddy's hand is right here. Here comes EJ speed. Contact from Amari Cooper to Baker is is now after the fact. So yep. who cares? That's the point. Like, who cares? 
at that point. I tell you, um, Lawrence, Owen, uh, uh, Lawrence Owens from uh, Believe Network, he did a good split screen on that. Uh, yeah. With, with Baker and Cooper and Speed and um, PJ, mm. uh, he did a real good job on that, and it definitely shows. You know, now I'll give refs a little bit of break because they don't have time to split screen shit and say, "Yep, th- that's the right call." Nope, you know, no call. You know, but the people in New York and upstairs, they have those abilities to do that. And that's my point. So and they didn't. So who who am I more upset with? I'm more upset with New York. You got all the time in the world to do this. And your whole job, your whole job is to referee the game in such a way where your calls don't impact the outcome of the game. So I'm not saying that you can't get a flagrant pass interference because we're at the end of the game. I'm not saying that. But a call like this, especially when that call hasn't been called all day, is not the call that you make in that situation. No, if, it's a, if it's egregious, if it's a no-kidding egregious pl- pass interference, because guess what? The next opportunity, the very next play, we're going to call an egregious pass interference, which is not even catchable. Right? They're at the one-yard line. How much pass interference are you doing at the one-yard line? They're both fighting for the ball, and the ball is in no way, shape, or form catchable. The ball went into the friggin' stands. They've been hand-fighting all catchable. day. They've been hand-fighting all day, and you, don't, and you don't call that. Now, completely different game, but what would end up happening on Sunday night football? <laughs> the Philadelphia Eagles maybe had zero penalties called against them. The Miami Dolphins maybe had 10. There was one play when one of when a Dolphins guy was running, running out. It was like a third and something. Dude damn near tore his face mask off as he was coming out of his break. They called nothing. Nothing. Now with a rush standing right there. This, and this is my point. Why is that important when we're talking about two completely different games, two completely different um scenarios, not the game on the line, the whole thing is because there's no fucking consistency. That's my point. There's no consistency. And I don't know if the refs have a hold on the league because of what happened. I don't know how many years ago that was when they were on strike and we had all those like interim refs. And they immediately after like one week of horrendous shit. <laughs> that was bad. They, that was bad. They bad, bent bad. the knee to the refs like in an instant. And the refs were almost like, see, you want to talk shit? This is what you get. And it's and it's seemingly they get away with whatever because there's no so this is the thing. I know that they get graded all year, and ultimately someone will be like, Oh, well, you know, the 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 penalty for them is if they don't have a good year ref and then they don't get, you know, the high quality playoff games in the Super Bowl. Who fucking cares? Yeah, I don't, I don't care. My thing is this. Sure, are we gonna live in a retroactive world? Probably not. Like they're not gonna like review this and like yeah we jacked it up so uh all of a sudden the colts won like no but you know what <laughs> like money drives everything right players seemingly do what they're asked so they don't get fined now sometimes they get the petty fines for wearing the wrong colored laces or you know you celebrate it too much and they 
find you for the t-shirt like Kittle got the FU Dallas shirt and got fined. Who cares? But when players were getting fined big money for calling refs out, they started being quiet. So you want to affect these refs? Start saying, hey, man, that's a terrible call. We reviewed that shit. Not only don't call it a suspension, but yeah, bro, you you don't have a game for the next couple of weeks and you're getting, I guess, suspended. I even know I said don't say that without paying. What the fuck are you doing, bro? You you're these dudes are putting in work to win a game to be able to continue their season later in the year, and these games add up. Yeah. So losing this game versus Cleveland, who cares today in the in the grand scheme of things? But who cares in December when we're looking back at the losses and like fuck, we dropped that one. So that's either playoffs or no playoffs or home field advantage or on the road or whatever, right? So these games matter, and so that's the shitty part of this. There's there's no consequence. Don't don't come back and be like, yeah, we blew the call. The apology from the, who fucking cares? So yeah. it's gonna be don't interesting to see apology, what the coach is gonna do. Your apology, your apology does no good. Yeah, because the Colts are filing a grievance, but what does that even mean? Right? Like what what's the best that can come out of that? We fucked up. That, what that, I'm trying there, to say there's an asterisk on the on the W next to the yeah, to the, but the Browns. But That's it's it. still they're still four and two, and we're three and four. So my point is this. New York, what is your fucking job? Whatever your fucking job is, New York, do said job. I don't care. What we need to not complain about is fans. It's time. Because we only care about time when we feel like it's not, not in our favor. But I guarantee you, if they took more time and looked at this and it took maybe seven minutes and they got it right, who would give a shit that over seven minutes they had not to discuss not. it? That's not my not. point. So don't be worrying about being on time. And I even hate when they come in with these referees from the outside because you're watching the, the broadcast and they bring in their, their referee guy because they are still part of the referee coalition, if you want to call it. The and they're not gonna, Yeah, they're not going to fucking tell the truth either. Bro, that's a bogus call. Say what it is and mean what it is. Unfortunately, you know, like a lot of the – shit that's going on in the world today. People don't have morals and values no more. Right. You know, the truth is the truth. And if it hurts you, stand in a corner and cry because that's all you can do about it. Because the truth is the truth. And if it takes seven minutes to get to the truth of that call, I'll I'll give you seven minutes of my life. Do it. You know, regardless if it's for me or against me, do it because I want the truth. When I walk away with this win, I want to know it's an Honorable win. And that's another thing, too. However they look at these rules going forward, stop making plays reviewable underneath these weird, like, pretenses. Yes. We can look oh at the play, God. but we can only look at this part of it. No, bitch. If you're watching the whole play, watch the whole fucking play. You'd be like, oh, guess what? We missed that holding right there. Come back and say, yeah, hey, that's a holding. <laughs> and this happened. Hit him with the whole thing, because what's the point? <coughs> right? Like, what's the point? Like, I don't care, because... Because they're in real time, I get it. Bang, bang, shit happens. But you take Miles Garrett's freaking field goal block. Initially thought as, oh, my God, what an athlete. That's amazing. Dude, the dude is holding Luke down, which is our long snapper, and he can't stand up. And Miles Garrett just jumps over him. Yep. So there's nothing fantastic about that play anymore. It's a bunch of bullshit. Now, y'all can always see. Any other time when somebody's contacted the player who has his head down and they'll call a penalty. But now you're trying to tell me you can't see that a man that's on defense 
has absolutely ran a WWE play. Like I'm gonna hold this guy down. You're now free to jump. Yep. How do you miss that? And I thought it was. How do you miss that? It's I crazy. thought it was part of the rules. You you weren't even allowed to line up over center. Yeah, be, my point. Because their their heads down and That's my they're, point. They're unprotected. And so that guy is over the center, and then he's holding the center, and then Miles Garrett just so in real time you're like, damn, Garrett is an animal, like shit. But then you look at the play, and you're like, okay, yeah, he's a freak of nature, but he also was not contested because the damn dude is getting pulled to the damn turf <laughs> by the other guy, and he just jumps over him. Yep. There's nothing fantastic about that anymore. How do we miss shit like that? That's what I'm saying. If all scoring plays are reviewed. Is an extra point not a scoring play? It is. So why the hell did nobody look at that? Because it was like, oh, it just went through the net. No, we're not reviewing whether or not it's good. Did anything illegal happen on said play? Oh, yeah, look at him. He's holding him down. So penalty on Cleveland and line up and kick the shit again. Well, and you notice Jesus. they did they didn't do it again. Yeah, right. That's my point. That it, Cleveland didn't do it again because they knew they got away with it once and they wasn't getting away with it yeah. twice. And I'm sure Luke went back over there. Coach's special team probably was like, hey, man, that's some BS, blah, blah, blah. And then I hate when you see the refs talking. Of course, you don't know what they're saying to your coaches, but they're like nodding their head. Like, I'm like, bro, y'all are full of shit. So, so here's my, here's my thing. Here's my thing. This sounds crazy, but it's still one of my favorite movies. And we're going to get ready to get out of here because I'm getting fucking hot. <laughs> I love the longest yard with uh, Adam Sandler and crew. And so what I'm saying is quarterbacks, <laughs> running backs, and all other players who just need to be near a ref. I mean, you never know, man. Like, throw a wild one, buddy. Like, I'd be like, hey, Gardner, <laughs> throw the worst pass you've ever thrown, and I'm going to run an out route, and I'm going to just truck stick a ref. Or, hey, man, like – I should probably get out the way of his rest and avoid him, but I'm going to truck stick him and then make sure I cleat him. Like sometimes you bitches just got to just feel it, bro. Like I might, I might look if I, if I'm a quarterback and I'm aiming and I'm like, Oh shit, here comes my tight end. I might fire the hardest pass I've ever thrown in my life. Hoping to contact one of the zebras in the nose after a stupid play. What's Tyson always say? Everybody's got a plan until they get punched, punched in, the in the mouth. I know that sounds a little crazy for me to think like that, but it, I mean, it, it doesn't because <laughs> Adam Sandler, like, you gonna call it fair now? <laughs> when the clock set zero, I wanted I wanted a list of every referee. I wanted their home address. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted their make, model, serial number of their cars. I wanted everything oh my god yeah <laughs> paul crew for the longest row, he threw three straight passes to the referees nuts. nuts it was like are you gonna call it fair now or what and then the yeah. game got right so all i'm saying man like you know you want to take your frustration out just say hey coach i'm gonna throw the worst pass i've ever thrown purposely and then just call that play <laughs> be okay with that play be okay with the outcome of that play it won't probably affect the game just don't turn it over but yeah as the ref is sitting there looking like a goober i'm gonna hit him with an 85 mile per hour football in the nose and Do his it. day is probably over with and we'll get another guy who can see straight because he couldn't see anyway that's yeah, probably that's no that sound that sounds evil but i mean so to wrap all this bullshit up <laughs> like 
Yes, the Colts shot themselves in the foot with four TOs. But just like the Rams game, where we started off super shitty, we still had opportunities to win that game. And in this game, playing super shitty, we still held a lead with less than a minute. And we made the plays that were needed to be that had to game. be made to win the game, yep. and the game did not go our favor. So blame the football guys, just saying maybe we didn't play good enough to get it. But at the end of the day, the calls that were made are not supposed to affect the outcome of the game in that way. Those calls right there, not egregious pass interference, not egregious like roughing the passer, something that you know like, damn, like I don't care how upset we are with the flag, like that's a legit call. These neither one of these were legit, and then we still had them at third or fourth and goal at the one. So still fighting through. Let's let's end with something positive. The boys still fought through all the BS and then just give them an easy touchdown. They we didn't do it. They had to earn it, and they got it. Um, unfortunately, they they got it, but it wasn't easy. So I I, I commend them for not laying down. But the NFL. You have to do something about this. There's zero consistency. This is my thing. Zero. And that's my thoughts. <laughs> this is my thing. You know, I'm 52 years old in January. And all my you're life. Fucker. Jesus. I know. <laughs> that's why your gray's starting to show, brother. I'm only 41, though. I'm hey, in the military. Yeah, 20 you, years of that. Anyway. You, old, you old past your time. Anyways. <laughs> I've, my whole life, I've heard protect the shield, protect the shield. You know, you, you see fans getting into fights in stadiums. They get banned from every stadium in the NFL for life oh, for that. Do, because the NFL wants families to come. They want their families to buy hot dogs and Cokes and popcorn and everything else, spend oh, tons God. and tons of money. So they want a safe environment. I agree with that. Absolutely, 100%. If a player gets out of line, he gets he gets fined out outside of from the field. If he's off the field and you know he gets a DUI, he gets fined. He loses games, um, you know, because they want quality character people representing that shield. And going out and getting in trouble is not quality character. I agree with that. You know, gambling. You know, they don't want the players gambling. You know because it, it could affect the outcomes of the game. They're protecting the shield. I agree with that. But what I don't agree with is these refs just having free reign with no repercussions. So when is the NFL itself going to start protecting the shield? Because I'm telling you right now, somebody's going to write a program where they can match every gambling site to every call that's played on that field and they're going to start tying shit together that these refs are making these calls because of gambling or something else. <laughs> I'm telling you it's coming. There's there's some smart asshole in, in, in a basement somewhere saying, I'm going to, I'm going to bring down the NFL and they're going to do it. Pat usually comes on the show on a gummy or he takes one immediately after he could be gummy fied right now. This is a message. Not yet. Brought to you by the public service announcement that is the sick podcast. Uh, we do not always denote ourselves to believe all the shit that he says, but because you're listening, uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> and back to the regularly the regularly scheduled program. <laughs> 
Pat came up with a crazy ass philosophy that somebody's gonna write a program to get to NFL. You was, you what? And it's not gonna be hard. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, and we got we got to get out of here, Pat. But you take the Delaney thing in basketball, right? Like nobody thought that could be legit, and he got caught. Now, I'm not saying that there is an NFL ring of refs that are doing the same thing, but I'm saying once somebody's hand is dirty in in a in a in an arena like or in a professional sport like basketball, why can't they be dirty in football and hockey and everywhere else? And it's probably easier to control it in a football game than it is a basketball game because it's not as continuous. Right? There's a lot of things that I mean, there's a sophistication that he had to levy to do what he was doing in those NBA games to keep scores the way they were versus in football. You can be like the line is this and plus or minus that. And with two bad calls that person, that team's out of field goal range and the line safe, <laughs> you know, or whatever. So it could be something like that. Well, my, until- my fear is the NFL is in on it too. Oh, shit. because if they're, if they're not, you know, handing down, punishments to these referees that's the only thing i'm going to subset sub, suspect that the nfl's in it, on it too and it, it, the house of cards comes crumbling down okay once just again, saying if the nfl doesn't start protecting the shield themselves it's gonna fall okay once again we don't always approve all the things that patrick Dorfline <laughs> says for the sick podcast animal show. This is the sick podcast network speaking now. But with that said, Sammy, <laughs> take us out of here. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the sick podcast and bill show on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google play and Apple podcasts.